to the Cross-Eyed Radio Program, sponsored by Joshua Revolution. Cross-Eyed is a radio talk show dedicated to proclaiming the message of the cross of Jesus Christ. We want to encourage you to open your Bibles with us as we study the life-changing revelation found within the scriptures in how to live the victorious Christian life. Now, let's go into the studio of Revolution Radio with your host, Pastor Mike Chory. Welcome tonight to Crossside Radio, and we are wishing you a very Merry Christmas, and we're welcoming you here to this one-hour broadcast just coming off the heels of the last Trump. Matt Piney jumping into the studio tonight. Matt, great to have you here, and it's a special time. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here and just uh, appreciate the opportunity to share the good news that's changed so many lives and changed my life and can change the life of anyone listening tonight. Amen. And Matt is one of the Bible teachers at Joshua Revolution. Tell everybody what you do um, with your seminars and uh, what God's laid on your heart with the message of the cross. Sure. I have a a ministry called Freedom in the Cross Ministries. You can check it out at freedominthecrossministries.org. There's a YouTube channel uh, where I do a video podcast on there and teaching through the book of Romans. And uh, I'm also doing classes occasionally at local hotels, uh, just trying to expand geographically the message that comes out of Cross River Church and take it to other places where people can get to it from a closer place and just share what God has done in my life. Uh, Seven and a half years ago, I was a struggling, defeated Christian, and God opened my eyes to the message of the cross. I was not understanding truly what the Word teaches about how to walk in the Spirit and how to live in victory. And I learned it, I learned it through your teaching. Of course, it was the Spirit that revealed it to me, but I learned it through your teaching. And I've learned so much since then, and my life's just been totally changed. And so I'm just mm-hmm. sharing that through teaching the same thing that I was taught. Matt, I want to say that this message that God has given us, and we call it cross-eyed, meaning keep your eyes on the cross, there is no message that can set the captive free but this message and we are so thankful that we get to come every week on radio to open it up try to exegete the scripture a little bit that you might have a better understanding of this great message and i know i I work with a pastor um, that was in the word of faith movement for 40 years and he read the book that we wrote cross-eyed And when he read it, God opened his eyes that what he had been placing his faith in for 40 years was not proper. It Mm -hmm. was not the right object. He was taught that your faith is in what you do, your confession. Right. And it was all about your faith and how much faith you had. But when he read the book that we wrote, Cross-Eyed, he saw biblically that the your faith, it's not in how much faith you have. God can use a a person with mustard seed faith. Right. But it's what is the object of your faith? And the key to the message of the cross is don't move away from the finished work. Place your faith, place your trust in the blood of Jesus to save you and to deliver you. Amen. And, you know, I used to be part of that word of faith movement too. Those were the type of churches I went to. Uh, read the Kenneth Hagin books and a lot of the other people who've kind of learned from him and become leaders in the Word of Faith movement. And that's really what it is. You don't realize your faith is in the wrong object, but somebody has to tell it to you. You're trusting in what you say. 
You're trusting in those things you do. Right. You don't make it happen by saying it over and over. You just believe it's already finished. Yes. That's what Jesus said on the cross. It is finished. If you're in him, you're already in that position of victory. You're crucified with him and you're dead to sin already. You don't say it to make it true. You say it because it is true. And that's what I didn't realize. It's just kind of a subtle thing. But somebody's got to tell the truth to you. And you got to be trusting not in what you say and what you do, but in your Savior and what he did for you on the cross. And that's the key to victory. Amen. You have people in the Word of Faith movement that they can't say anything negative. They can't even confess or admit that they have a cold when they have a cold. Because to them... That is, uh, you're putting uh, your doubt. If I say, you know, I don't feel good, that's doubt. You know, they, they, they'll they say that, well, that's just symptoms. That's not really true. You're healed. Right. And, um, and they go through, they're really in bondage to their own words. Mm-hmm. And the Lord has set me free, set you free, and wants to set everyone else free from all of that. Our faith, when your faith is properly placed, in the finished work of the cross, you're free. Amen. And, and and when I'm not feeling well, I'll be the first one to tell you I'm not feeling well. But I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm pray for me. I'm believing God's going to heal me. But I'm when I'm sick, I'm sick. And I'm not bound by my words. If I don't say everything right, uh, it's going to go bad for me. We serve a God of grace and mercy. And the grace of God was displayed and given at Calvary. No cross, no grace. Mm-hmm. So tonight, if you want the grace of God, you've got to place your faith in what God's son did for you on the cross. We're not talking about a wooden beam when we say the cross. We're talking about his death, burial, and resurrection. Matt, this has been what has shook the devil, the kingdom of darkness. He does not want the church to be focused on the cross because that's where the power is to defeat him. Amen. And I can just say regarding that idea that, you know, I don't want to confess that I'm sick or I don't want to confess this and that. It comes from this idea that there's these spiritual laws that God has set up and that they just always work and they work for anybody, whether you're a Christian or not. And so if you say you're sick, you'll be sick. And if you say you're healed, you'll be healed. That's the idea. But we're not under law. That's exactly what that is. We're under grace. They're under this idea that if I do this, I'm blessed. If I do this, I'm cursed. No, I'm blessed in Christ. I'm free in Christ. I'm delivered in Christ Jesus. And the only law I'm under now, according to Romans 8, 2, is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And that law hath according to Paul, made me free already from the law of sin and death. Past tense. Right. So I don't confess my way out. I rest in what's already been done through Christ. Yeah. And and amen to all that. And here's something that, you know, is really ironic. And I don't mean to say it in a way of mockery or even take any joy in it. But I have found uh, word of faith people and other people in Christendom will use the Lord's name in vain and not even realize it. They will use the name of God in their, in their regular conversation. That name, the name of the Lord, the name God, Jehovah, is to be reverenced. So, you know, I, we're very careful in our home with, that our children do not, and they don't, 
And even when they say, oh my gosh, that's a little too close for comfort. So when it comes to that, we are careful that we do not do that. And why? Because God said in Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, I want to read this with the expositor study notes. And this is one thing that many Christians miss. And, and it, it, it's a violation of God's word when you use the Lord's name in general conversation. It says in Exodus 20, verse 7, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Matt, if you could read the, the notes. Taking the name of the Lord in vain pertains to all blasphemy, all swearing, all perjury, and, in fact, all irreverent use of God's name in ordinary life. Catch that now. All irreverent use of God's name in ordinary life. I want to help somebody tonight. Do not use the, the, the cliche or the phrase, oh my, and then the Lord's name. Don't do that. That the Lord's name, you know, a, Jew, a Jewish person won't even spell it out. They'll skip a letter because the name is so sacred to them. So, yes, we're not bound by, you know, conf- negative confession. And, and don't, don't get me wrong. If you complain all the time and you're always confessing negative things, yeah, that you're... you're you're going to have no victory. We don't do that. But what I'm talking about is we're to be honest with what is going on in our life, not dishonest. If you're not feeling well or emotionally you're not doing well, it's not a negative uh, or it's not a lack of faith to confess that. But on the flip side, Matt, when it comes to the Lord's name, we, we should be very careful not to use the Lord's name in an irreverent way. And notice what he said that the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes the name in vain. The name of the Lord, the name of Jesus is holy. Amen, absolutely. And just going back to the idea of confession and complaining and things like that, you know, I can admit, just like Paul did in Romans 7, that sin dwells in me, and at the same time, I can confess and admit and believe that Jesus in me is greater and that what he did on the cross is greater. So it's not in some kind of a, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's not against the cross to admit that there's something wrong with me. It's not against the Bible to admit that I'm still sick. I just admit at the same time and believe at the same time that Jesus is greater than those things. Yes, amen. And I want to tell our listeners because there is exciting things that are happening in Buffalo and Western New York. We're part of this fellowship, Preachers of the Cross. We call it POTC. Matt, more and more ministers are coming to this fellowship. We meet once a month at a local church, and we were in a meeting the other day, and I, I'm going to, I might get a little emotional telling you this. And there is a, a, a pastor in the inner city of Buffalo. I'm not going to call his name. But he has become a dear friend of mine. And he was sitting in the meeting and the pastors were sitting around the table and another pastor and myself were were facilitating the meeting and we were in Romans chapter six. And what we do in our pastor fellowships, and if you're a pastor out there, we would love to have you join us. We open in a word of prayer. We go around the table and we everyone has an opportunity to share a little bit about their ministry. But then we come 
together for one reason, to get into the word of God and to exegete the scriptures and to learn the word of God as ministers in a deeper way. And we were in Romans chapter six. And just before we went into that chapter, this this African-American pastor from the inner city of Buffalo raised his hand and he said, Pastor, I have a question I'd like to ask every one of the ministers here. He said, I want you to hear from you why you think so many people in, from our churches left during the COVID pandemic and many of them have never come back. This was a real problem in this particular church as it is in many churches. And this minister just wanted to know why, mm-hmm. why did they leave? Why haven't they come back? Mm-hmm. And, you know, various ministers had answers and everyone kind of, you know, had their, their say. But then when we got into Romans chapter six, we were deep into it. We were studying the sin nature and we were studying what we call the mechanics of our salvation, the death, the burial, the resurrection, how we have been baptized into Christ's death. We have been, you know, planted with him in burial. And, and the new man, Christ in us, has been risen from the dead. And we were going through this, looking at the Greek meaning of words. I mean, it was a very deep study, uh, at least somewhat. And all of a sudden, After several minutes of this, the same man, the same pastor from the inner city of Buffalo, he raised his hand again. And when he was called upon, as he started to speak, tears began to roll down his eyes. And this is what he said. He said, if my congregation had known or would know this message, they would not have left the church. This is the message Glory to God. that will build the church. I'm talking about something, Amen. friend, that is so big, so amazing. The same blood that breaks, that, let me say it better, the same blood that paid the penalty of your sin is the same blood that will break the grip of Satan's addiction in your life. Jesus Christ in him crucified is the power of God. Satan doesn't want you to hear this message. He doesn't want you to believe in this message. He doesn't want you to emphasize this message. Because when you do, you're going to experience revival like you have never experienced before. And Matt, that happened to you. It's happened to me. It's happened to this pastor who was in Word of Faith for 40 years. It's happening at the table of these ministers. This is the message of revival. Amen. And, you know, I know so many testimonies like that, pastors all over the country who've caught on to this message. And it wasn't just some new fad or some new gimmick. No, they discovered the power of God. They finally understood Romans 6 through 8. And how to walk in victory. And it changed their life just like it's changed my life and your life. That's what we're talking about here tonight. That's what we teach on this show. The actual power of God. The ability to experience the victory that Jesus won on the cross. It's absolutely life-changing. It really is. And this is, this is um, the story of Christmas. If you want to know when did the message of the cross begin? When, where, where is the root of it? I mean, it goes into the Old Testament. We've been in typology many times on this broadcast, all the way back to the Garden of Eden. 
when Adam and Eve sinned and they fell when they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God came into the garden and said, where art thou, Adam? And Adam, uh, they came from hiding. And God said, why are you hiding? And they were ashamed because they were naked. Who told you you were naked? And their eyes were open to sin when they disobeyed God. But God did not condemn them in the garden. He brought them animal skin and he covered their sin. He covered their nakedness as a way of saying that one day my son is going to come into this world. He's going to be born and he's going to go to a cruel cross and he's going to die on that cross. And his blood, when it's believed, will not just cover your sin, but it will remove your sin. When John saw the Messiah Jesus coming down the road, he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And when you talk about Christmas, Matthew, this message of Jesus being born is the beginning of the victory. It's beginning. You can't get victory over sin under the old covenant. Right. It wasn't possible because the Holy Spirit could not live inside a heart until Jesus washed and cleansed us of our sin. Amen. And that's that's why it's good news. In the Old Testament, they were living under that old covenant and God was always speaking to them through typology, like you mentioned, and also through direct direct prophecy about how he would send a new savior uh, with a a better covenant with better hope and better promises. Not speaking well tonight, but you get the idea. God was always promising something better. And when Jesus was born, that was the beginning of what he'd been promising for 4,000 years. Amen. I want to read the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah, the book, is um, been called a mini Bible. It's 66 chapters, just like there are 66 books. And the... Isaiah, he was, he is known as the messianic prophet because why? He prophesied of the coming of the Messiah, Jesus, who would be born. And he said these words, Isaiah chapter nine, verse six is a very familiar verse. Many of you have it on your Christmas cards, but I want to read it so powerful. It reads for unto us, a child is born and unto us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. I want you to hear the notes from the Expositor study Bible. Matthew, this glorious promise pertains not only to the first advent, but to the second advent as well. The pronoun us refers to Israel from the seed of Abraham which spawned the Jewish people, and hence ultimately the Messiah, the greatest promise of all time would finally be fulfilled. The phrase government on his shoulder refers to the coming kingdom age when Christ will rule and reign over the entirety of the earth. Praise God. Praise God. I don't mean to be disrespectful in any means, any way tonight, but Donald Trump is not the answer to the United States of America's problems. Amen. The only thing that's going to solve America's problems is Jesus. And when Jesus comes back, the Bible says the government 
is going to be upon his shoulders. What a day that's going to be, Matt, when he's going to rule and reign from Jerusalem in Israel. And the nation of Israel at that moment is going to have their eyes open and they're going to see what 99% of the Jews tonight can't see, that Jesus Christ of Nazareth is indeed the Jewish Messiah for the Jew and for the Gentile, for the whole world. Amen. King of kings, Lord of lords, every tongue will confess, every knee will bow before him. Biden will bow before him. Trump will bow before him. All the rulers of this earth who ever live will bow before the king of kings because of what he did on the cross. He took all the power. And I want to say this. The world is so messed up. The The only thing that's going to change this world is the coming of the Lord. It's not, I do not believe it's going to turn around. It may slow down for a little bit, but I think this next election year here in America, I mean, a civil war could break out. The the animosity between the Republicans and the Democrats have never been, they've never been this heated. And so I'm not looking to uh, some president to come in on a high horse and save America. We need a bona fide, true blue, red hot, Holy Ghost filled, Jesus loving, devil chasing revival. That's what America needs. Amen. That's why we're going Amen. to Erie, Pennsylvania. We're not that. We're not having a political rally down there. We're not having you know some uh, preach off or some good conference. We are going there to seek God, to get on our face, to pray and ask God to come down and move upon our hearts, change our lives to where Jesus Christ will be paramount in each and every one of our lives. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, there are going to be, the sick are going to be healed there. They're going to be healed emotionally. They're going to be healed, I believe, physically, but most importantly, spiritually. Why? Because the name of Jesus is powerful. And when you preach it without compromise, when you declare the blood of Jesus, the kingdom of darkness begins to tremble because they know, Satan knows that we know the answer tonight. Joshua Revolution knows the answer. And it's not found in a denomination. It's not found in some mega church. It's not found in a 45-minute sermon or eating a bagel while the preacher's preaching. It's found, brother, when you get on your knees and you get on your face and you repent of your sins and you let those hot tears roll down your eyes and be changed by the power of God. That is the only thing, Matthew, that's going to change this nation. It starts with me. It starts with you. It starts with the church. Amen. Absolutely. You know, you you mentioned President uh, Trump. You know, we've already had President Trump for four years. And look at the situation we're in now. And that's not a knock on him, but it just goes to show you that a president can only do so much. The problem we have in this country isn't a Democrat problem. It's not a political problem. It's a sin problem. Right. And that's why we don't need the power of the presidency to turn this around. We need the power of the gospel to turn this around. We need people to turn to the gospel. That's what will see bring about a revival. The power of God only follows the preaching of the message of the cross. You're so right. I've been listening to presidents you know, all my life run for office. And I always, as I grew in the Lord, I started, the discernment started coming and I would get so annoyed. They're always running on the economy. Mm -hmm. I'm like, 
when we going to get a president that will run on the goodness of the Lord and tell this nation what it needs to hear? Jesus saves. Jesus is the answer. You say, well, you're not going to get that from a, a, a president. Why not? God in the Bible, you'll see it in the book of Jeremiah. He held the kings to the same standard that he held the priest. So don't tell me that a man sitting in the White House can use foul language, mistreat people, and act all kinds of stupid and say, well, he's not my pastor. He's just the president. God isn't, he's not grading on a curve here. Right. So, so I am praying and I'm asking God, send us a president that's born again, not afraid to name the name of Jesus. And you know what? That'll be a pretty good president. But ultimately, ultimately, as Isaiah 9, 6 says, we are looking to the Messiah Jesus to come. He's the only one that can fix the government. And unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And listen to this, and his name shall be called. There are so many names that you could give Jesus tonight that we, we don't even have the time to name them all. But here's just a few. Wonderful. And isn't he, though? Isn't Jesus wonderful? Just look at this season of Christmas. Matt, I'm going to go home tonight. You're going to go home. The way my wife has decorated our house, I do the outside lights. She does the inside light. I put the trees up. She decorates the trees. But I mean, when you walk in my house and the music is on, the Christmas songs, and you turn all the lights off, I mean, you, you would think you died and went to heaven. It's just beautiful. It's beautiful. The presence of God is in my house. And I'll tell you why. Because everyone in my house believes Christmas is all about Jesus. And he is the reason for the season. And his name is wonderful. Counselor. That, that We could stop right there, right? Where the church over the last 50 years, last 30 years, have allowed human psychology to come into the church and think that Freud and, Freud and his nonsense is going to help mankind with his problems in the church? Give me a break. The only counsel people need to fix their marriage is the message of the cross, Christ and him alone. Amen. Well, well, people don't understand why they start to bring in psychology and things that the world have come up with, inventions, covenant eye software, things like that. They don't understand the sufficiency of the gospel. Right. They believe in the gospel, but they've never considered, is it enough? Because if it is, then I don't need all these other things that men have come up with. God already gave me something perfectly sufficient in Jesus Christ and him crucified. And when I say, oh, no, I, I need something Freud came up with. I need this new software. What we're really saying is what God already gave us, what the apostles right, had. Right. We're saying that isn't enough. enough. Right. It's not enough. And, you know, I study human psychology. I went to the University of Buffalo and, and it is the opposite of the word of God. I had a, a professor and I will call his name at UB. And when I got into his class, he started to mock. He started to mock the Bible. He started to mock Jesus Christ. And I was sitting there. I'd only been a Christian for a couple of years. I said, Lord, I, I can't sit here and listen to this. You're going to have to help me. I got to say something. And when I raised my hand 
the Lord gave me the words. And I said to this professor, I said, you've been mocking the Bible. You've been mocking Jesus. And he got real nervous. He said, I'm not mocking the Bible. I said, no, but what I want to say is you are looking for the essence of truth. That's how you've started this psychology class. And I said, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. And he cut me off and he said, I don't care about Jesus. And I cut him off. I said, yeah, but you, you said you care about the truth. Matt, he didn't even think before he spoke. He says, I don't care about the truth. Wow. And every student looked at him and he was so embarrassed. And he went on and on to try to what he meant to say. Right. But out of the mouth, the heart speaks. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Listen, if you're in, in, in some type of problem tonight, it could be suicide. It could be drugs. It could be alcohol. It could be a bad marriage. It could be anger, a gambling problem. You don't need human psychology. You need the cross of Calvary. Jesus said, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Glory to God, peace on earth. Goodwill to all men. Here with the angels we sing. And as he reigns from above, may he reign in our hearts, our sovereign Lord and King. Oh, oh, Emmanuel, oh, oh, Emmanuel, oh, Emmanuel, God with us.
God with us. Oh, that's Joshua Aaron, Emmanuel, God with us, and he is with us. Merry Christmas to everyone listening tonight to Cross-Eyed Radio. I am your host, Mike Chory, and here alongside me uh, many times, Matt Piney, in studio tonight. And we just want to remind everyone coming up, Joshua Revolution 23 is just a few days away. It's coming December 27th through the 29th at the Warner Theater, the beautiful renovated Warner Theater built in 1929, over $40 million just recently placed in it to renovate it. It is immaculate, 2,250 seats in the main theater, and then the rehearsal hall, which will be the location of the K through five, that can seat 400. And we're going to be in the main theater as the young ones are in the rehearsal hall. We want you to get one of those seats. And uh, it has a beautiful balcony. The sound quality in that is just ideal. The worship, can you imagine, Matt, with Joshua Aaron, full band is going to be there Thursday night, December 28th. And then Asbury College University, our own Joshua Revolution Band, Martha Borg, Mimi Gomez, all the way from Mexico, is going to be there singing with her brother Samuel, and it just keeps on going. You can't miss this. Listen, can I say that again? Do not let busyness cause you to miss what's coming to Erie, Pennsylvania. We mentioned it on the first broadcast, the distance from Buffalo to Erie is exactly, almost exactly, as the distance between Nazareth to Bethlehem. And if Mary and Joseph can walk across Israel so that Christ child could be born in Bethlehem, as prophesied by the prophet Micah, you and your family can get in your car and travel down Route 90, straight route. It's easy. I do it all the time. You got to be there. I want to meet you. I want you to experience this. I believe you'll say, Brother Mike, it was better than you told us. And guess what? It's all completely free. Three days, three nights, worship, the preaching of the word, the message of the cross, the message of the mighty baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Tremendous communicators like Jeremiah Castile, the chaplain of the Alabama Crimson Tide football team. Matt, he is leaving our event to go to Pasadena for the Rose Bowl because Alabama is now in the final four and they got to have a playoff game. So he's going to be with us, evangelist Dave Reaver, Pam Stenzel. It just keeps on going, and we want you to be there tonight. Go to joshuarevolution.org, order your free tickets, make plans. Now, if you want to stay overnight in the hotel, me and my family, many others, we're going to be there. You can just go to our website. There's hotel bookings there. The Courtyard Marriott has rooms at $112 a night. They normally go at this time for 200 in the summer they're over 300. It's a beautiful hotel right on Lake Erie. It's there for 112 a night, only up to Christmas Eve. So book your rooms as soon as possible. And if I could just emphasize, it's free. Multi-day conference with multiple singers, multiple speakers. And the only thing you have to pay for is your hotel. And the event itself is free. A couple of years yes. ago, Megan and I went to a similar event downtown Buffalo just to kind of check it out, really kind of spying on it. I think we paid like 100 bucks for one night of something similar. Three days, and it's free, okay? Yeah, and let me, let me just say, for those of you that you know enjoy our ministry and listen each and every week, be praying for us. I mean, yes, it's free to the public, but our ministry 
go, we step out of the boat and believe for God to raise $160,000. We have no money in reserve when we start this event. And to date, we've raised, Matt, just about $110,000. we have got $50,000 to go. And uh, there is still time for people to give to this event. You can give right through our JR app tonight. You can give by calling. Uh, I'll give you the call numbers. There's operators you want to make a donation tonight. Many have already done that. We will take offerings at the event. And there will be other uh, means that we're going to like at our power store. The resources we sell will all go towards expenses. But we need to raise a little bit more before between now and Christmas Day. And if you'd like to help us simply tonight, you can call the operators and in Buffalo at 716-229-8000. If you're up in Canada and you'd like to make a gift tonight on credit card, just call one 444 2920 And we thank you so much for your prayers. And anyone who can give tonight, thank you so much to help us. And as we say in Joshua Revolution, if it's God's will, it's God's bill. And I believe he will meet this need and he will bless you if you help to do that tonight. So let's go back to the word tonight, Matt. We are in Isaiah. Uh, We mentioned before the break that his name, Isaiah 9, 6 says, his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God. Now, let me just stop there. For anyone that... um, might be listening tonight that you're a Jehovah Witness or you're a Mormon. Understand, both of those two uh, religions are false religions. And I'll tell you why. Because the Mormon faith does not teach, the Mormon church does not teach that Jesus is God. The Jehovah Witness don't believe Jesus is God. And in order for you to be saved, There are two things you must believe. One, Jesus is God in the flesh. He's deity. As he said, I and the Father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Hello? And secondly, you must believe in what he did at Calvary. That he died, shed his blood for the redemption of your soul. If you believe those two things, Jesus is God, and and you're trusting in what he did at the cross alone for your salvation— you shall be saved. You shall receive eternal life. And of course, you must receive him. You don't just intellectually believe those things and go, oh, I'm saved. No, you must be born again and make Jesus the Lord of your life. And we're going to give you an opportunity, even as we did on the first broadcast, we're going to believe tonight for that Christmas miracle in your life. Amen. And the fact that Jesus is God is so clear all throughout the Bible We just read it in the Old Testament. Did you catch that? This son that is given will be called Everlasting Father, Mighty God. John, in his book, starts it off. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was Was God. God. And then down to verse... 14, that same word who was God became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. That's what John said. He saw the face of God in Jesus Christ. This is, this is one of the closest apostles to Jesus telling us who he is. I don't need to believe Joseph Smith or whoever the Jehovah's Witnesses get their information from. I have John the Apostle telling me who Jesus is. Absolutely. And notice what it says, the mighty God. And it's, it's talking, a child shall be born. 
God came down in human flesh. It's called the incarnation, God becoming man. We go back two chapters, Matt, to Isaiah 7, 14. Let's read that verse as well. If you could read that for our listeners. Uh, one second. 7, 14. I got it. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. What's the sign? Behold, a virgin shall conceive. Now, that's a pretty good sign. There has never been, nor will there ever be again, a virgin who will become pregnant without having relationships with with a man. In fact, in the original Greek in the New Testament, when it calls Mary a virgin, it has the definite article. She's called the virgin, meaning the only one, the only one that ever was, the only one there ever will be. That what a sign that a virgin shall conceive, and now listen to this, and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. You can't say it any better than that, any clearer than that. The word Emmanuel means God with us. Amen. And that's not just some kind of symbolism. That's literally God with us. And, and let's not miss the fact here, these verses we're reading we see them on Christmas cards, like you mentioned. We hear them in the Christmas songs. Let's think about what these are. These were written centuries before Jesus was born. A virgin will conceive and bear a son. In Micah 5, 2, he'll be born in Bethlehem. Right. He'll be the everlasting father, the prince of peace. All these things we associate with Jesus centuries before he was born. Yes, and let me read another one for you about his deity. Uh, that he is the mighty God, the everlasting father, that he is the prince of peace. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Revelation chapter one, verse seven. And it says, behold, he comes with the clouds and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. I am alpha and omega. The beginning and the end. So you just connect that with Isaiah. He's called the everlasting father. He is from the beginning to the end and everything in between. And then notice what it says, Matt, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come the almighty. Who is he? Who is this scripture speaking of? Jesus. Yep. It cannot be any clearer than that. So, so for anyone that is hearing from a Jehovah witness or from a Mormon, go right to this. Do you believe that Jesus is God? And they will say, I believe he was the son of God. And I always say, that's not what I asked you. Right. I asked you, do you believe his name is Emmanuel? God with us. And this is why it's a false religion. And you must come out from that, turn away from that. That is an erroneous teaching that will cause you to lose your soul. Come out from among that doctrine. Right. And they don't believe he was the son of God in the same way the Bible teaches he was the son of God. He, he, he has always existed. He wasn't created up in heaven one day with God the Father as his spirit father and Lucifer as his brother. That's not what the Bible teaches at all. We've been reading about here. He said before Abraham was, I am. He is eternal. And Amen. we are not. We are created. There was a beginning to us, but he is the beginning. There's no words to describe Jesus Christ, really. I mean, all these names, you know, that we're giving wonderful and 
mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We could keep going. He's the bread of life. He's the door. He's the Messiah. He is the manna from heaven. He's the lily of the valley. He's the bride and the morning star. I mean, it just keeps going. He's Alpha and Omega. Remember when God was asked by Moses, you know, who do, who do I say to the Pharaoh sent me? And God said, tell him I am. Right. And I always said, I am. And meaning fill in the blank. I am the savior. I am the Lord. I am the king. I am everlasting. You can't describe who he is, but we try to. And if I could say this to you tonight, Jesus, the name of Jesus says it all. Matt, of all the names, there's no name for me that says it all but the name of Jesus. That name means salvation. He came into the world in the most humblest of ways. He died in the most cruel ways. And he did it all to save us from our sins. From the, from the manger to the cross, this was always in the mind of God. When he announced the, G, the birth of Jesus, they said, Today in the city of David has been born for you a Savior. So right from the first Christmas, it's always been about the cross. And man, what a thing to celebrate, the birth of our Savior. That's the good news. Mm. My Savior has been born, the one that God's been telling about, who would come to save his people from their sins. He has now been born. All those prophecies came true. He is here. And he's going to do what he said the Bible said he's going to do, if that makes any sense. Well, he is (laughs) who he said he is. I want to conclude tonight. We have just a few minutes here on what I, we were referring to earlier in the broadcast that we very well could be celebrating the conception of Christ in December. We know the birth of Christ was most likely in September, uh, late September, early October. I believe it was on the feast of atonement, the holiest day of the year. That's my personal belief that he was born on that festival. But some believe he was born on the feast of trumpets. We'll find out when we get to heaven. But I want to read this scripture in John chapter 10. And it is Jesus celebrating or recognizing the, the feast of dedication, which is Hanukkah. We're in uh, John chapter 10, verse 22. And I'm going to have Matthew read, read the, uh, the notes for these verses because I believe this is what we're celebrating in a few days. This is Christmas. But let's read it. It says in John 10, 22, and it was at Jerusalem, the feast of dedication, and it was winter. And the notes say this particular feast was appointed by Judas Maccabeus, to commemorate the purification of the temple. After Antiochus Epiphanes had defiled it, it took place in December and actually was not a biblical feast. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him. And the notes say, portrays them doing such in a threatening manner, demanding an immediate answer. And he said unto him, how long do you make us to doubt? Notes, it was not Christ who made them doubt, but rather their own unbelief. If you be the Christ, tell us plainly. Notes say, actually, he had already told them in every conceivable way possible. 
Now listen to this. This is on the Feast of Dedication, which again is Hanukkah. He's in the temple, and Jesus answered them and said, I told you, and you believe not. Notes say refers to their expectations of a type of Messiah, which role Jesus would not fill. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. Notes say this witness was scriptural and therefore pointed Israel to the Bible. But, Isaiah 61, 1. But you believe not because you are not of my sheep as I said unto you. They were not his sheep because they did not desire to be his sheep. The decision was theirs and reached because of unbelief. My sheep hear my voice. Christ is the head of the church, not men. And I know them refers to perfect and absolute knowledge, even on an individual basis. And they follow me. Proclaims what true sheep will do. And I give unto them eternal life. Carries with it a promise that cannot be matched elsewhere under any circumstances. And they shall never perish. Means that no believer need ever fear that God will change his mind respecting their salvation. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand refers to any and all outside forces. However, if one so desires, one can take oneself out of his hand, which regrettably millions have done. My Father, which gave them to me, is greater than all. Proclaims the power of God that is able to keep any and all, which he does through the Spirit by what Christ did at the cross and our faith in that finished work. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. When one has Christ, one at the same time has the Father and the protection of the Father. Now, now listen to this statement that Jesus gave in the temple on Hanukkah, which again was in December in the winter. He said in verse 30 of John chapter 10, I and my Father are one. The Greek text says we are one. These simple words destroy the teaching of those who deny the distinction of persons in the Godhead and those who question the deity of Christ. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Thus was the answer of God's chosen people to God's chosen gift, the Lord Jesus Christ. They rejected him then, Matt, and they're still rejecting him today. And I don't mean to be disrespectful, but all the problems that you see over in Israel are mainly due to the rejection of Jesus Christ as their Messiah. That's going to change in the last days. The Bible says in the end, when he comes back, all of Israel will be saved. But God is no respecter of persons. If you reject Jesus Christ, it don't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, life is going to be very difficult for you. And it doesn't have to be. And tonight we're, we're telling you the simple truth. Jesus Christ is God. He came into the world. He was born in a dirty animal stable. He was laid in a manger. And he did it all symbolically, I believe, to show you and me that he wants to be born in your heart and my heart. Tonight, your barn can be cleansed. Your life can be cleansed. Your mouth can be cleansed, but it will only be when Jesus Christ of Nazareth comes to live inside of you. This is our message on Cross-Eyed Radio. It's the greatest message man has ever heard. And tonight we want to give you the opportunity to receive Christmas, not in a gift under a tree, 
not by some you know, special food or some special Christmas event. We want to allow you the opportunity to receive Christmas in your heart. Matt, tonight I can feel this. Amen. Somebody's going to get saved right now. Amen. Glory to God. And so we're going to pray, and Matthew is going to help you. And wherever you may be, God is no respecter of countries or your skin color or how much you make or what you do. If you will cry out to the, to the Savior tonight and say, Jesus, come into my heart and live in it, he will come. But you must repent. You must turn from your way of living and say, God, I want to follow Jesus. I want to follow the one who died for me. So pray with me right now if you want to make that decision. It's the greatest decision of your life. And these words that you're about to say, the words are not as important as the sincerity of your heart. But with each word, you're making your commitment to Jesus Christ. Now let's pray and just repeat after me out loud these words. Dear Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Father. I come to you in Jesus' name. I come to you in Jesus' name. And I confess to you. And I confess to you that I am a sinner. That I am a sinner. I have broken your laws. I have broken your laws. And I am sorry for my sin. And I'm sorry for my sin. For the things I've done. For the things that I've done. And right now. And right now. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to forgive me. To cleanse me. To cleanse me. From all sin. From all sin. And I place my faith. And I place my faith. In Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ. And what he did on the cross for me. And what he did on the cross for me. And according to your word. And according to your word. Which cannot lie. Which cannot lie. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. With my mouth. With my mouth. I confess. I confess. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Is the Lord of my life. Is the Lord of my life. And I believe. And I believe. That God raised Jesus. That God raised Jesus. From the dead from the dead and he's alive and he's alive and right now and right now i invite jesus christ i invite jesus christ emmanuel emmanuel god with us god with us to come into my heart to come into my heart and be my personal and be my personal lord and savior lord and savior and from this day forward and from this day forward i want to follow you I want to follow you all the days of my life, all the days of my life. And when my life is over and when my life is over, I ask you for a home in heaven. I ask you for a home in heaven in Jesus name, in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Matthew, I believe that anyone that prayed that prayer tonight and meant it, the miracle of all miracles has happened. And tonight we want to celebrate with you. It's Christmas now living inside of your heart. And we want to give you a special gift. And we're going to send you a brand new Bible. All you have to do is call the office. The number to call tonight in Buffalo, Brother Matt. Uh, Local area, 716-229-8000. That's 716-229-8000. Or you can call toll-free from Canada or anywhere else, 1-888-444-2920. That's 1-888-444-2920. Come on, go to your phones now. Let us know. You made the greatest decision of your life. Thank you for listening. God bless you. We'll be back with you next week.
You have been listening to Cross-Eyed, a radio talk show sponsored by Joshua Revolution. If Cross-Eyed has been a blessing to you, please let us know by sending a testimony of how the program has helped you. If you would like to support Cross-Eyed financially, you can send financial gifts to Joshua Revolution, P.O. Box 923, Grand Island, New York, 14072, or go online to joshuarevolution.org. We thank you for your help and prayers, and remember to tune in next week at 9.30 p.m. for Cross-Eyed, a radio show proclaiming the message of the cross.